Thinking about cashing out your investments and riding out the storm? You may want to think again. In today's special emergency episode, we discuss why it pays literally to stay the course and stay invested. We hope getting this episode out early will reach our listeners and those they care about before they make a decision that could cost them greatly in lost earnings. Episode 20, Timing the Market versus Time in the Market. Welcome to the F-Sharp Podcast, presented by Harmony Wealth, a podcast geared to educate you on all things financial. Co-hosts Tanner Bortnam and Adam Henning discuss various financial topics presented in a consumable and entertaining manner. Tanner is a certified financial planner, JD, and financial expert, while Adam is a marketing professional and small business owner. It's time to harmonize. Sit back and enjoy the episode. Your future self will thank you. Welcome to episode 20 of the Financially Sharp podcast presented by Harmony Wealth, a podcast geared towards making you more financially literate. I'm Adam Henning, marketing professional and small business owner, and I'm joined as always with co-host, certified financial planner, JD, financial expert and new homeowner, Tanner Bordham. Your credentials are growing, sir. Yeah, yeah. Well, I don't know if I can add new homeowner on the back of a business <laughs> card, but uh, it is still an exciting time. When's the housewarming party? Oh, uh, yeah, don't, don't have any of that <laughs> planned. It's been a busy spring. Um, yeah, Katie and I bought a house. Um, as, you know, when this episode gets published, we will have closed on it just uh, the previous week. And then we fly uh, in about a week to our wedding so we're not even moving in until the middle later part of june anyways so we bought this house that we're not going to be in (laughs) (laughs) um but yeah definitely busy been a busy spring with yeah the house and the wedding and honeymoon and um you know everything going on with uh in the world and, and whatnot with my job and everything with katie and um wrapping up school and all the concerts and everything that she has going on so it'll be nice to get home from everything i mean obviously we want to enjoy the wedding and honeymoon and and all of that but uh it'll be nice to get back and get moved into our new place don't ask me to help you move because moving is the worst well that'd be that'd be really costly for you to fly down here just to move a few couches (laughs) yeah we're uh we're paying to have someone do that because i my family's helped out every time i've moved before and and some friends and I just, I hate it. And I'm like, I don't want to pick this stuff up. Why would I ask some of my friends and family to do it? So we're going to have, we're going to yeah, pay. Yeah. I'm at the point in my life where it's like, yep, nope, not going to do that anymore. I'm going to yep. pay someone to do this. Yep. Well, and we're, you know, we're in our apartment, uh, which we've loved. You know, we had it because we we're trying to figure out where we wanted to live in, in Phoenix. And um, we've loved living downtown Phoenix, but it's, it's time. Time to have a house. We're we're excited to get out there, and and it's right next to Katie's new job, which is going to be great. Because otherwise, it would have been a forty-five minute drive each way without traffic. So, hour plus, you know, during her commute each way, and that's just silly. So, time to mm-hmm. 
Time to move out to the suburbs. Give up our city life. I'm jealous of your desert home. You don't have to mow or snow blow like I do, which is probably the top two detriments of being a homeowner, in my opinion. But Yeah. Yeah, we have uh, none of that. We have a pool. So oh, there you go. To... You can be the pool man. Yeah. I mean, I know there's some things. I just... We'll see. I'm going to get a guy out to try to help teach me and see if it's something I can do on my own or if it's too too much of a burden to in, to worry about. Um, uh, it's pretty easy. I mean, my parents had a pool and have a pool in Florida, but I think I'm just more worried about all something the chemicals. that you. Yeah, if it's something that you want, you know, to to not to say take a passion in, but if you want to be good at it i think it's pretty oh yeah have pride in it it's pretty straightforward but it's it's like owning a hot tub right well and there's one of those chemicals attached to it too um so it's that uh, that's i guess that's my i just want to learn more because i'm not I, i don't think it's gonna you know take a rocket scientist to figure out how to keep your pool clean um it's just more of figuring out how much of a burden is it and am I willing to take on that burden or would I rather just pay to have someone come? Well, you work from it. home. You could just be sitting out there all day. Yeah, <laughs> but i that, that's the key though. I work while I'm I, at home. I'm, I'm not out there. Kidding. Um, You're going to be the, the guy that is staring out the kitchen window and you see one leaf or one <laughs> dirty thing in your pool. Uh, You're going to go out there. No, nah, I am going to have to get used to cleaning it though because our dog loves to swim in pools. And so I'm going to have to scoop out her hair and whatnot and make sure that doesn't get clogged. And Well, I'm sure, yeah, it comes with a vacuum. I think you just throw like that that pool vacuum in there every once See? in a while. I don't even know any of this. It's a, you know, coming from the Midwest, we didn't have pools and whatnot. So I got to learn it all. Sure. Well, it helps that you don't have like trees that shed their leaves every fall. Yes, it should be pretty. Yep. Uh, well, there can be some down here in Phoenix that are, you know, the quote unquote dirty trees or whatever that will have seeds or different things that will um, fall and kind of blow around. But I'm, I don't. Our yard doesn't have any, so it'd have to come from you know a neighboring yard or something. So yeah, that should be, should be nice as well. Sure. All right, can't wait to come down and work on my cannonballs. All right, perfect. We got plenty of space for you and Greta. Looking forward to it. <laughs> All right, awesome. Congrats again on that. Thank you. Um, Headed into the topic of today's episode, which is timing the market versus time in the market. Um, so we're going to talk about the differences between those and, and kind of illustrate with some numbers why time in the market is um the way to go so where do you want to start here financial advisor financial (laughs) expert Uh, i think the easiest starting off point is just to you know describe um or give a definition of what each of those are so that our listeners know you know kind of what we're talking about so um the the first one is is timing the market um as you'll see as we go through the episode, this is what I do not recommend. And what that is, is trying to find the perfect time to buy and or sell. Um, you know, that's the 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 age-old thing. You want to buy low, sell high, um, but trying to find those perfect moments to purchase throughout the year. 
um, is typically when people look at it uh, from because of contributions to IRAs or different things like that. Um, but yeah, trying to perfectly time the market at the bottom and buy and sell uh, at the top. Um, and that is perfect market timing, which uh, no one has done. If you do it, congratulations. That was luck. Uh, no one has consistently done that uh, repeatedly uh, over and over and over. Uh, it's just, it's, it's a very, very difficult thing to achieve. Uh, the other one is time in the market. And that is just, you know, having a good financial plan, having a good portfolio construction, putting your money to work and letting it be. Let, leaving it in there, riding the ups and downs. Um, it's not as easy from an emotional standpoint because when the markets are down, you got you to gotta ride it out. Um, and it, it sucks. It, it does not feel good. Uh, there is no way to kind of get around that. I'm, you know, be very honest about that. It's, it's not fun, uh, for clients. It's not fun for me as an advisor to watch a client account go down. It's not fun to watch my own accounts go down. Um, it just, it sucks, but the financially smart thing to do and the difficult thing to do is stay invested and Typically, most things that are difficult to do in life, uh, you know, reap the best rewards. And so that's that's what we want to do. And that's what the focus of this podcast or this episode will be is on why time in the market is better. It's important to also consider and define the um, this buying and selling is in the difference between rebalancing. I know we talked about that as we were prepping for yes, this episode. Yep, so good point. Talk about that when we say buy, sell, and timing the market versus and keeping the money in the market. Talk about that. Sure, yeah. So um, timing the market is typically, you know, I know we did a previous episode on, on day trading and why I don't recommend people doing it. Um, that is a timing aspect. You're trying to buy low, sell for a profit, sell higher. If you don't have an opportunity, you're sitting there in cash that's earning you nothing. Um, and that's timing. You're trying to find the perfect entry point to either buy or sell something and you're doing it frequently. A rebalance is very important to do and that is not a timing aspect. You might get lucky and it worked out well, um, but it's not something that you should be trying to find the perfect time to rebalance. It should be something that's automatic. You do it every year or you do it twice a year or you do it like I do it quarterly for clients. It's, it is just locked in every quarter. We rebalance a portfolio. And the difference in a rebalance is while yes, you are making some buys and some sells, what you're doing is, is you're selling out of a an ETF that has done well and you're locking in those profits and rebalancing that portfolio to bring it back down to where it's supposed to be and buying other ETFs that maybe haven't done as well and getting them up to their appropriate uh, percentage of the portfolio that they're supposed to be. And while there is a buy and a sell there um, and you're, you're doing transactions, it is the same equivalent of your money is still invested. It's just now in a different ETF. Whereas that timing of the market is you're taking, you're just selling. And then that money just sits in cash for 
however long until you buy something. It's not being sold and rebalanced into something else. So your money is out of the market, then it's in the market, then it's out, in, out, in, out, numerous, numerous times. Um, and just the more times you try to do that, you know, the the worst kind of batting average you're going to have too because you can get lucky every once in a while where you hit a, you know, you did a good, uh, you got lucky on the, the timing of, of putting assets in, but continuing to try to do that, it just, the performance is going to get worse and worse. Back-to-back episodes with baseball analogies. That's right. I like my Love sports it. analogies. <laughs> awesome. Uh, talk about some of the factors or the costs of market timing and why those kind of feed into why it's a bad idea. Yeah. So some of the things, these are more of uh, the, what I'm going to say, the minor issues but still important issues of of why uh market timing doesn't perform as well um one as we've already covered you have to time it perfectly and that is a very 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 difficult if not almost impossible task to do no one knows um what the bottom is no one knows what the top is if you hit that or got close to it congratulations that's luck that's not um you know, that's not uh, something that you can repeat regularly because teams of experts that run mutual funds and ETFs can't do this. And if they can't do this regularly, then none of us should expect to do this as well. Like it just, it is something that no one in history has been able to time something perfectly and consistently so in my mind why are we even trying uh so that's number one the other one um that may or may not um affect you as a listener it depends what uh what type of advisor you're working with is there's commissions so if you're in and out in and out in and out you know if you have transaction costs every time you buy or commissions to the advisor every time you buy and sell something that eats into your performance as well because Instead of just buying it once, well, first off, I'll say you shouldn't be working with someone that earns commissions in the first place. But if you are and you buy something once, okay, there's only that one time of the commission being hit. If you're in and out, in and out three, four, five times throughout the year, that's a commission every single time. And that's going to you know, obviously hurt your, your performance. I think... Perfect might be understated. And I think the illustration that you're going to provide here um, <laughs> yes, <laughs> literally means perfect. And your margin of error by days is insanely high if yeah. you miss it. Yeah. So yeah, let's just jump right into that since you queued uh, up the, the example. Um, cause I mean, when you were just explaining that, I was like, perfect. Yeah. You know, literally in this exercise, this graph reinforces literally perfect. Yep. So what this is, is, um, just kind of setting this up. It is a study that went back, uh, 20 years and it looked at the S and P 500 from 2001 to 2020. So over a 20 year period of returns for the S&P 500. Now, if you just put money into the S&P 500 at the start of 2021 and you didn't touch it and you wrote all the ups and the downs and you stayed, you stayed put, which again, 
is difficult to do when the markets are down. But if you made that difficult decision and you stayed invested, you would have an average yearly return of 7.5% over those 20 years. Now, if you missed the best 10 days, 10 days out of 20 years, and I did the math on that, that's 7,000, I think exactly, 7,300 days. If you missed the top 10 best days that the market had, your return was half, <clears throat> excuse me, your return was half, 3.4% per year. And all you did was miss 10 days out of 7,300. Did you do the dollar amount? Sorry. Nope, I have not yet. Okay. But, I didn't. I, yeah. I was bad well, listening, but I was just, okay. <laughs> you can do the, the percentage is striking. Yes. But once you put it in a dollar amount, it's uh, well, I just wanna, it hammers it home. Yeah. Well, yep. let me just finish this. 10 days is 0.1%. You missed 0.1% of the top days over that 20-year period, and your your returns are cut in half. Like, that's striking. If you miss the top 20 days, your returns are 0.1% per year. They're almost nothing. They're almost flat. So instead of getting 7.5% per year, you basically made no money and lost no money. Like, that right there, if that, just on the percentage basis, doesn't make you want to stay invested well then here we go let's get to the money if you invested again this is their example if you had put five hundred thousand dollars into the market at the beginning of 2021 or sorry 2001 at the beginning of this 20-year period you got your 7.5 percent return per year because you stayed invested the whole time that five hundred thousand would turn into just under two million dollars if you miss the top 10 days because you're trying to time things, instead of having two, just under $2 million, you would have, uh, we'll call it $1.1 million, a difference of $900,000, just under $900,000 difference on 10 days alone. That's it. You're batting 98.7%. Yeah. And you have almost a million dollars less. Yep. No, 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 not 98%. You would be batting 99 point something because it wasn't, it was 99.8%. No, no, 0. 0.0013. It was 0. 0.1%. Well, that makes it even worse. Exactly. <laughs> like you're literally almost batting a thousand. Almost. Yeah. And you're still $900,000 less. And if you miss the top 20 days, you basically stayed even. You started with 500000 You ended with 509000 So And think of how much wasted work 20 that years. is. Exactly. You don't have the work. You don't have to worry about the error. The hardest part, and we're being transparent, the hardest part is staying staying put. And it, it again, it sucks. But you got to stay. You got to ride through those down years. And trust your financial plan, trust the investments. To do all of that, you need to be working with a good financial advisor that you trust because they're the ones that's going to set this up for you. But you just got to stay and don't try to time the markets. Just put the money in, 
let it do its thing. Let compound interest, which we went over that in a previous episode, let that work for you. And don't miss out on the 10 best days that cost you $900,000 in this example. And think about if you had more money. If you had a million dollars, you're doubling that. That's one point, you know, actually it's probably more than that because compound interest would cause it. But that's at least $1.8 million difference over 20 years if you had a million dollars. You know, so it's staggering the difference in value. This isn't, you know, just little bits, obviously. This is huge amounts of money by just making that difficult decision and stay invested and don't try to time the markets. Just ride it out, get a good investment, and be there for the the long term. 20 days was the break-even point. At 30 days, you're losing 1.5%. 40 yeah. days, 3.4% in the whole. Yeah. Obviously, we're cherry-picking the best days, but even that, like 10 days of 20 years, I don't care if I mean I don't care if it's the best days or still positive days. Well, pick picking it, the ten best insane. days. You're never going to be able to do that. Picking the ten best days in one year is difficult. That uh, again, kind of going back to the the top teams that run mutual funds and ETFs, less than twenty five percent of them actually beat the market. Who who do this active management? Less than twenty five percent of them perform better than the market when they're trying to cherry pick and time the market and do all of this. And that's just in one year. This is over 20 year period. Like it's just, it, it, it's basically, cause I can never say an absolute, but it is basically impossible. And why would we try to do that? Like, why would you take the risk of being absolutely perfect? Uh, because we can't, and history has shown that we can't be perfect and give up in our example, $900,000 to try to be perfect. And it's not just a marginal risk. It's half. I mean, probably that's probably even not correct. I mean, but. Whew. Yeah. Yep. Big time numbers. Why is this? I mean, like, it seems so obvious. What? Why is that such an alert to a, a a lure to to time the market why why is this a thing um i i think probably two reasons uh one is trying to stay in business and and how the business model was created previously um you know we've as an industry, we've moved more towards being fee only, um, you know, like like Harmony Wealth is, but there still are commissions out there, and and only you know, ten years ago, majority of advisors were were commissions, and twenty years ago, is basically everyone was commissions, and so that's how you made money. You make money off of trades for your clients' accounts, and so if you can convince people that you're a genius and you can do this, then you get to trade a lot. And then if you trade a lot, you get to make more money. There wasn't the fiduciary duty. There wasn't all of this stuff back in the day like there is now. Um, you know, so I think it's just kind of that. And then unfortunately, the idea of timing the market has not gone away while commissions are starting to and different things are starting to. So I think that's one. 
um, you know, of just kind of staying in, well, I guess it, it's basically the same. It's trying to stay in business and the greed of money, you know, if the transaction side of things. So it's, they're, they're one in the same. Um, I really just think that that's, that's where it started from. And it just hasn't, unfortunately hasn't gone away. That idea of people can time the markets and beat the markets and, you know, whatever. So anything else you want to talk about? No, we'll keep this one short. I know we sometimes ramble on long and long, so we'll uh, keep this one short for our listeners. And, and uh, I think, you know, the power is there of what we went over, you know, just the numbers. Just stay stay invested. Again, I know it sucks. This year hasn't been the, the best to try to try to do that. And that feeling 2008, uh, you know, seven, eight, nine were not fun to try to do that. You know, there's numerous years, but... Um, just stay the course, stay invested. Don't take that risk of trying to, you know, time the markets and and lose out because that's basically when you do that, you're you're just guaranteeing yourself that you're likely going to miss out. Thank you, sir. Absolutely. And we uh, also want to thank you, the listener. Thank you for listening. We hope this episode has been helpful. As always, if you haven't yet, please like, subscribe, and leave us a review. If you're listening on Spotify. Give us a five-star review. If you have any questions or suggestions for a future episode topic, shoot us an email at podcast at financiallysharp.com. That's podcast at financiallysharp.com. We'd love to hear from you. Thanks for listening and see you in the next episode. This podcast is for informational and entertainment purposes only and should not be relied upon as a basis for investment decisions. This podcast does not engage in rendering legal, tax, financial, or other professional services. Investment advisory services are offered through Harmony Wealth, a registered investment advisor authorized to do business in states where registered or otherwise exempt from registration. If you have questions pertaining to your specific situation, please contact Harmony Wealth at 602-935-5155 or at HarmonyWealthAZ.com. Twenty episodes down.